Welcome, my name is Alessandra Carden, and you're listening to The Alessandra Carden Show. On this podcast, I share conversations with experts in wellness, nutrition, personal development, and more. It's my mission to give you the information, inspiration, tips, and tools that you need to optimize your energy, health, and happiness. I'm here to help you thrive. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. I have an amazing conversation to share with you guys today. It's all about relationships, and more specifically, it's about how to release your ex, how to fully recover from heartbreak. The special guest that will be joining me on this podcast today is former pro athlete turned relationship coach, author, speaker, surfer, and spiritual guide, Tiffany Manchester. She's the author of Surfer Girls Kick Ass, which is a self-help book wrapped in fiction that has been called the Eat, Pray, Love for Surfers. It's an inspiring, relatable story that entertains readers while still leaving them with valuable life lessons about how to live intuitively. Anyone, surfer or not, can gain a ton from this book. Tiff is also the creator of the mantra, Follow the Feel Good. It's a reminder to pause and check in with how you really feel before saying yes to anything. It's a way to help you live in alignment with your highest self and to live a life you truly love. In this episode, we chat about Tiff's personal journey as she left her sport of whitewater freestyle kayaking, navigated through heartbreak, moved to Hawaii, learned to live intuitively, and became the surfer, speaker, author, spiritual guide, and relationship coach that she is today. We talk about tips for tapping into your intuition, how to heal from heartbreak, how to heal your relationship with food and your body, advice for when you're going through a breakup, how releasing your thought patterns can help you release your ex, whether or not to stay single after a breakup, how to know when to leave a relationship, how and why to set healthy boundaries in a relationship, what to do if you start an inward journey and your partner's not interested in personal development at all and how marriage and having children is not necessarily for everyone, and that's totally okay. This conversation is super inspiring and insightful, and even if you're not going through a breakup, you'll gain a ton from listening to this episode. It will help you tap into your intuition, strengthen your relationships, and live your most authentic life as the absolute best version of yourself. Here it is, my conversation with Tiffany. Tiffany, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm super excited about this conversation. Thanks, Alessandra. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course. So I remember when we first connected, I was very drawn to your work because you were talking all about intuition. And yeah, I just remember that was a topic that I was so intrigued by. I was trying to figure it out. I had just graduated from business school and I feel like my life was so structured and everything was planned out for me and I just was really really drawn to your story and I am yeah just super inspired by how you live your life and I was wondering if you could give a little background on yeah just maybe a bit of your journey how you became more intuitive and how you started listening to your heart more than 
only your head. <laughs> Something we all typically, you know, do. <laughs> yeah, for sure, because that's what we're trained to. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I I was a professional kayaker in my twenties. I'm in my forties now, um, and I started I started whitewater freestyle kayaking in Canada on the Ottawa River. I'm from Ontario, and I was very competitive in a in a like. It wasn't so positive in the sense that it was very catty, you know, between the other girls I was competing against. It was all about, you know, what sponsorships we could get and and who was making how much and and it was this competition in a in a way that we weren't supporting one another to succeed. It was more about like, I hope, you know, you, you fail it, internally. We're, we're having these thoughts, like, I hope your ride sucks. <laughs> I have a better <laughs> chance. And of course we would never say that out loud. And it wasn't a hundred percent like that, but you know, probably 80%. I also had a boyfriend that I was kayaking with. At this, he was also a professional kayaker and we were engaged and Towards the end of my kayaking career, I was feeling quite unsettled, you know, because the emotional experience of being competitive in that kind of way, it doesn't feel good. You know, it, it feels you just you're in a constant state of fear because what if I don't make the national team this year? What if I don't do well at the world championships? How are people going to see me? Am I going to lose my sponsors? You know, et cetera. So, so I was, my approach was just, very fear ego based be and it it doesn't feel good and it doesn't last long because you know it, things are going to change that's that's life it's a, some it's always going to change and i was becoming really disheartened with the whole the whole scene you know largely due to my the way that i was approaching it and at the same time my fiance left me for another woman like suddenly like i had no idea and we live in a in a small town and you know we did everything together so so it was a very, it was a huge shock like how was this even possible so i spun out really and i went a little bit crazy trying to figure out like what happened what is going on and so months it was just this like just weird state of being that i was i was just a complete disaster and a mess and it it was really the unraveling of my kayaking career and my relationship where i felt like the carpet had been pulled out from underneath me and it forced me to go onto this inner journey that wasn't something that i was seeking it was just you know i was in a state of like well what what's the what am i doing like what what my image was just completely destroyed. And without that, you know, it's like, well, what, what am I supposed to do now? What is the point of anything? And I was just questioning the world. Like, what are the point of relationships? Why am I here? What, how is this serving me? And I, I took myself to Hawaii <laughs> to this retreat center, this very like hippie, open-minded retreat center. I really just like magically found myself there in a serendipitous way, because I was really in an open state, like my mind was empty, because I, I had been controlling my life so much up until that point, you know, because the ego wants you to control everything so that you don't relax into the flow of your intuition. And 
so being in forced into that state, I was just in questioning mind. I was like, okay, well, what now? If not that, then what? I, I mean, I don't know how to proceed in life. And that really opened the doors to my intuition because I, I had released the need to control because I just didn't know where to, how to move forward. So I just surrendered. And it, it wasn't like, you know, people throw that word out. <laughs> oh, just surrender, let go, you know, but what does that mean? Um, so for me, it wasn't something I had to understand. It was just my mental state was such that I couldn't figure out what to do next. And that's how you, that's how you surrender. And that's when the magic starts happening. That's how your intuition starts to open up because you're releasing the need to control. That's basically how it began. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It seems like all of a sudden, just so much change that it kind of forced you to go inward, right? Yes. Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like um, obviously our stories, our journeys are all different, but I can see some similarities in my path. So I was, I wasn't a competitive athlete, but I was a competitive business school student. And I was just so caught up in that life. And then I had a really bad back injury. I fractured two vertebrae. And yeah, it sort of just jolted me out of what exactly I was doing with my life. I had to take time to recover, right? That sort of catapulted me into an inward journey as well. So yeah, it's really cool just to see how I can relate to this story. And I'm sure many other listeners can probably relate in their own way too. I'm sure that's part of why you wrote your book to help share stories, to inspire other people. Can you give a little info on that? Like how exactly did you start writing this book? What inspired it? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, For sure, during this journey, after, you know, I completed my life as a, or that chapter of my life as a competitive athlete and, and healed from my, from my breakup, which, which is a whole nother story of like awakening and magic and miracles. Um, But from learning everything that I learned in that process of healing and coming back to my my true self in the sense that I was just more awake to who I wanted to be and how I wanted to present myself to the world with peace. I wanted, you know, I I wanted to be at peace with myself and open-minded and, and not competitive in the way that I wanted to elevate people and elevate myself in the process and really learn from my mistakes when I was an athlete was a huge thing. Like I kept having these thoughts, like if I knew then what I know now, I would have approached that whole experience differently. And, you know, potentially I would have done better. I mean, for sure I would have done better because the approach is everything and maybe it would have uh, lasted longer. Who knows? I mean, everything has worked out as it should, but there's just that thought that it'd be great if other people could learn from my mistakes and not you know, not go through it that way. And so I've been living in Hawaii since that first journey I took after my breakup. I I went back and forth to Canada, to Hawaii, and then eventually moved here um, permanently and learned started surfing because naturally whitewater kayaking is going to lead into surfing (laughs) and I'm a water baby. And I had this idea that just kept popping up for me 
surfer girls kick ass. It started as a sticker. I got stickers made that said surfer girls kick ass. And I just had this nagging feeling in my heart that was like, right. And I've never thought about being a writer or an author, although I've written things before. And I just sat down one day and because it, you know, the force was too strong in me, you know, and you, you just have this nagging thing that won't leave you alone. And you're like, okay, fine. I will see what this is with no intention of it being anything. And I just started writing and it turned into this book. It just <laughs> happened. <laughs> you, you just started writing and. I mean, I fought it for a while, you know, it nagged at me until I had the space to do it. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, it's just, you know, it's like when you have a splinter in your finger, you, you can't leave, you can only let it bother you for so long until you have to dig it out. So it's, it's that kind of thing you had to do. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, it's cool. I really like how it's personal development, but fiction. Oh, you had a term for it, right? Yeah, I call it self-help wrapped in fiction. Oh, yes. I love that because I I feel like I became addicted to personal development books. Um, my friend and I had a joke, there should be a self-help book for how to stop reading self-help books. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, after a while, I felt kind of like, I just want to read a book before I go to bed, but I, I didn't want to read a list of things and like analyze my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right before bed. Yeah. So it's incredible to, yeah, just read a story with so many amazing lessons and still get all of those personal development type and mindfulness type lessons, but wrapped in a story. It's really, really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it was nice to just, I mean, it just started out as the story of a person. I started at chapter one and and it just flowed from there. And it took me a while as I was going through it to, to really understand, oh, this is what's happening. She's going on a journey. She's going through a breakup. She wants to find herself again. You know, it incorporates so much of what I went through. But then I just added in experiences from my life as a as a kayaker because I traveled the world and I met so many interesting people. And to it's fun to just to enjoy a book through the storytelling, but also get something from it that makes you think, you know, and like the perfect time I think people love reading this book is when they go on vacation because you're you're open minded, you're you know, you're rethinking maybe the things that you're doing in your, your regular life and how, what changes maybe you want to make. And it's a great time to dive into that uh, self-help, but without it being self-help, because sometimes just the idea of self-help, you know, we, it, we repel it because we're like, I just want to relax and read. <laughs> so this <laughs> exactly. is that. That's exactly what I was just saying. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to work on myself at night. I just want to exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's such an inspiring book. So many lessons, and I love. Uh, well, I've never surfed, but I absolutely love the ocean. Um, so yeah, I liked that you kept talking about waves and going with the flow more in life. And you were talking about how Zoe, the main character, she was learning how to surf more based on her intuition rather than what exactly her coach was telling her. And I feel like that's just so applicable to any area of life, just living intuitively and finding that 
flow, just like when you're in the ocean, right? Totally. Yeah. I mean, my, I call it follow the feel good. That's, that's the main lesson you're learning in the book and what I teach in general in life. And, and especially when I work with people in relationships, it's, it's that whole control thing that we inevitably cling to because that's how we're trained in life. You know, we have to do what we're told. We, we have to make a plan and a goal and then we have to like fight for it and achieve it. And if we don't work really hard, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to fail. And so it's just this whole like head game that we play within ourselves. And, and just like when you go to the gym, it's like our, our intuitive muscle, I mean, it's like atrophied, you know, we, we are so far away from it. We've been trained to just completely disregard it. Um, and, it is so sad because now that I've, I've, I mean, I go back and forth between my ego and, and my intuition for sure, but I have the tools now to make that transition much, much shorter because I have the experience of the results of what it's like to follow my intuition. And surfing is a great way and being in the water is a great way to, to tap into that intuition because you have to be present. You can't be like obsessing over what happened in the past and obsessing over what you want things to be in the future. You have to be present in the moment. Otherwise, you're going to get, you know, pounded or drift out to sea or whatever it is. So surfing's a great, a great place. And just being in the ocean, like I said, to to relax into that present state of being. That's how you that's how you tap into your intuition. It's not supposed to be complicated. It's not supposed to be something we need to like, learn for years and study. It's it's all about undoing what we've been trained and just uh, letting that intuition to come to the surface where, you know, we've just buried it with all these other things. Right. That makes so much sense. Not, it's not like we're learning something new. It's like we're unlearning ways of being, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I love the mantra, follow the feel good. I've honestly used that so many times in the past okay. few years that I've known you. It's, it's such a good reminder because I'll find that ego-based in my head sort of living, always creeping back up on me. And then I remember that mantra and it just, it makes you feel lighter and reminds you just to be on your actual path of truth. Do you have any tips for how to sort of let go of that ego-based living, that in your head sort of living? Yeah, for sure. I mean, my thing, my whole thing is silence and simplicity are key. I, I'm an introvert, though, you know, so that that definitely applies to me. Maybe for an extrovert, they that like my my boyfriend has a really hard time with simplicity. He likes everything to be complicated. To him, simplicity is boredom. Um, so you have to find what works for you. But being quiet and still, like giving yourself space is so, so important. And of course, we all talk about the benefits of meditation. But even if the act of meditating repels you, because it's just become so trendy, right now, it's just like I even say in the book, like Zoe, the main character, you know, she she sits on the couch and just stares up at the ceiling. And she's not looking at her phone. She's not she doesn't have Netflix on she, she's not listening to music. It's just silence. And, and then you listen to what your thoughts are, you know, because, oh, my goodness. I mean, 
we're our own Netflix show. (laughs) And if if you just give your spouse space to like, oh, what voices are going on in your head? What characters do you have playing out? Uh, It gives you a real sense of where you're at in that, in that moment. And if you're continually, if you're giving yourself more space to listen to that, you really start to see what pattern of thought you have. And once you see your thought patterns, you know, oh, am I on track? Like, does that feel good? Do those thoughts feel good? How am I supporting myself? Especially, you know, with nutrition, if if you're someone like trying to lose weight or gain weight, like after my breakup with my fiance, I gained like 40 pounds. And I wasn't, I didn't change my eating pattern. But I remember this moment where I was like, I was crying and crying and crying for like, a month, you know, just devastated, letting it all out, letting it all out. And I remember just having this thought one day, I don't know why. And I was like, Tiff, pull it together. You need to stop crying. And like, from that moment, I started having these weird stomach cramps every time I ate. And I just started gaining weight. I I wasn't changing like what I was eating. But it, it was like this weird, it was a holding on and I knew what it was because it was these weird cramps that I was having. And I, I basically shut off this, like this letting go, like allowing myself to be in that state of surrender. I, I said, nope, time's up, Tiff, like enough is enough, get your act together. And I wasn't ready for that. So it, I held it all in. And that was a huge like to turn that around, it took months and years for me to go back inward and allow myself to surrender to those feelings again and, and love myself again and not beat myself up for, for what I had done in the relationship, you know, or how I was blaming myself. So coming back to self-love was, is a great way to tap into your intuition because you have to turn inward. Mm-hmm. That's a huge lesson. And yeah, it's, it's so funny working in nutrition, people often just ask for a really specific diet plan. Um, just like, what should I eat? How many grams of this? How many grams? of that? <laughs> um, yeah, but often, I find it's just like, we don't look at things holistically. And if you actually do, it's so true, there might be some underlying emotional personal work that needs to be done and it could maybe not even be about food of course we still always want to be eating our food but like um yeah it's just it's crazy how much more there is to it and so did you find there were certain tools that really helped you to connect with self-love more Yeah, I found myself, well, like going back for a second, because I think this is just funny is I was so desperate that I hired a personal trainer. And I'd never done that before. And he was like, after six weeks, I had gained weight, I had gained more weight. And he was just like, stumped. But I knew, (laughs) I knew intuitively, that I was, I wouldn't, I was in self-loathing mode. How was I ever going to, how was I ever going to lose weight and feel better about myself if I didn't want to actually feel better about myself? So, you know, that, that was huge. So like I said, I went to Hawaii and what happened was, I mean, I didn't start losing weight there immediately, but, um, I think I actually gained more weight because I started obsessing about like food and, oh, if you eat coconut oil and, and like, 
oh, I'm going to try raw food. And I was just totally doing everything the wrong way, like not in a healthy way, because I was just obsessed with losing weight and not, not re retraining my brain. Um, but luckily, that environment was so full of beautiful human beings all going through different processes themselves. Like it was a retreat center. So people were coming from all walks of life, usually like looking to change themselves. And so that everyone was in a very like, Oh, I'll listen to your story. And Oh, here's what I could say that would help. And it was just a nurturing environment. I learned to surf. I learned to dance. Um, the pool was a nude pool. So I learned to like, be naked in front of people. I'd never done it like that before. I'd never gotten massages before really. So nurturing, like allowing something little that you can allow yourself to be nurtured with is a great start. And I think friendship and communication, like really supportive community is is a, is a wonderful start for that, especially if you're really blocked like I was. Like I really didn't want to surrender to loving myself again and letting go of my story of, of the breakup and how bad he was and how bad this woman was, who was pursuing a a man who was engaged to be married. And, you know, all those negative thoughts that, I mean, that just creates negative negativity in your body. That's going to present itself in physical ways, whether it's, you know, weight gain or loss or, or injuries or whatever pain. Mm-hmm. Did I answer oh, your question? Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> this, your whole, thank you so much for sharing the story. It's actually very in alignment with what the school where I studied health coaching teaches. So yeah, they call the actual food you eat secondary food and primary food is the name they've given lifestyle forms of nourishment. So like your relationships, your career, your exercise, your sense of spirituality, social life. Sometimes it can just be those other factors that we really need the nourishment from more than just like you said, should I eat coconut oil? Should I only eat raw foods? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see how all those factors really helped your healing journey. And you mentioned your ex, you were letting go of all those sort of thoughts, negative thoughts towards him and, the other woman. I know that must have been super challenging. So yeah, do you have any advice for people who are maybe going through a serious breakup? Oh, yeah, I have so many things to say on that. I'm I'm like currently working on a program to help people release their ex because I mean, for me, that that was the tipping point for me that that was like, what began this transformative journey for me that I then translated into the book and what I'm doing now. Um, anytime we're going through something big and challenging that feels really, really difficult, I think the first key to know for yourself is that one, you can handle it because it's happening. Like we have to accept the reality of the situation as it is, not how you would like it to be. That's something I learned in a Vipassana meditation course. When we deny the reality of the moment, we're not present, right? And like I said earlier, if you want to tap into your intuition and and find the feel good, you have to be present and know that you have the ability to work through it. And you know, forgiveness and compassion are a huge, huge part of everything we have to do in life from moment to moment. I mean, my big goal 
when I was going through that whole, I was really stuck on my story. You know, I really was clinging to how that made me feel. And I was like the victim in it, yada, yada. And at some point, you know, I was like, well, I mean, I can keep going on this way, but what's the end result? You know, if I keep, if I keep having the same thought over and over again, I'm going to turn into an old woman with nine cats (laughs) who hates men. Yeah. <laughs> and that that was like that was a real that that was the reality you know because our thought pattern now if we continue to choose it in the next moment and the next moment and the next moment days weeks months years go by and nothing's changed so I knew that I needed to change that because I knew that I wanted to love again I knew that I was hurting so much but I still wanted to love again because what is the point of anything else? You know, not that I'm like looking for my knight in shining armor and like a husband, I don't actually even believe in marriage, but um, just to be able to open my heart and let love in and receive love and intimacy and not be afraid of it because I'm afraid of getting hurt again. We're going to get hurt again. That's what we, that's how we learn. Like that's where the learning is. It's in the darkness. (laughs) Yeah. I think I think maybe as Eckhart Tolle said, like you learn more about relationships by being in one rather than just being in your room alone. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. you said something like For that sure. in a more poetic way. But yeah, it's so true. It's bound to happen again, getting hurt. But yeah, you can look at everything as a lesson. I was wondering though, how long, like, did you give yourself a lot of time to just be with yourself before being in a new relationship? Because I do see people, you know, just like jumping from one relationship to the next. But do you think there is value in basically dating yourself for a while after something like that? Oh, my God, totally. Like, you know, when you're in that state, how could you give to another relationship anyway? You know, that's that's fear. That's ego. I think, I mean, you know, my ex, this guy, he, he married that woman. So, okay. So for him, it was different. They seem good. They have a couple of kids. I'm happy for them. So he jumped from our relationship into another one and that seemed to work for him. For me though, no, absolutely not. I, but I've never been someone who was in a lot of relationships. He was my first boyfriend really. And I was 23 when we met and 31, I think when we, when we split up. And so I, for me, I, I, there is no way I could give to anyone else, but I did have a lot of flings, which is something I had never done before. But my, <laughs> I don't, this is just funny, but like my mindset at the time was, well, she went and pursued a man who was about to be married and she got what she wanted and I was a faithful, you know, partner for seven years. So why should I care? Why don't I just go after what I want? And that was my mentality. So I turned into this, like the rebel tiff. <laughs> I went through this yeah. phase of like, I'm just going to go after anyone I want. And, you know, that, that served me in the moment because one, I hadn't had a lot of sexual experience with other, with other people. So so that that was really good for me. I needed to just explore and and get this out of my system and um but I definitely wasn't seeking a relationship. I did not have that to give for sure. So how whatever it looks like to you, I mean, 
to base that all up into one, you know, one idea is you can't honestly give to someone else if you're not able to give to yourself. And like, if you can't create a relationship with yourself that's whole, then you're, you're not going to have anything to give to another person and you'll be doing it for the wrong reasons because you're trying to fill a void within yourself that that other person can never feel for you. And so if you embark on a relationship through that, it's never going to work, you know, or it's going to be really tough and you're going to have a breakthrough together, hopefully, and maybe it works, but you know, it's off to a rocky start. So how did you know when you're ready to have like a meaningful relationship again? You'll know because of how you feel with yourself. So for me, it was about five years since my ex And I went, like I said, on this huge transformative journey, I surfed, I learned to meditate, I was introduced to A Course in Miracles, it's a metaphysical text. I I mean, I, I was just fully dove into myself and transformed, you know, I like killed the image of myself as a kayaker. And I was just like, enjoying life and trying to have fun in life. And here on the big island, we have this, uh, we used to have uh, an electronic music festival every year. And that was like the big event of the year on this Mm -hmm. small Island. And the night before that, or the night of that, I had this thought when I was getting dressed in my cabin in the jungle at this retreat center where I was managing the volunteers at this point. Um, So I was working and living there full time. And I had this thought and I was like, I am, I, it was just this, feeling I am the most centered I've ever been in my entire life. And I set an intention for that night was like, I don't care about meeting anyone. I just want to have fun and dance. And I remember this feeling of Tiff, you have never been so centered. And I went to the music festival. And I met my current partner of 10 years on the dance floor. (laughs) But I didn't care. That was the thing I was not seeking another person you know I was I was fully present with myself just excited to dance and and enjoy myself with myself and friends you know following the feel good following the feel good so I think like you know you asked how do you know when you're ready I don't know that we ever know for sure because we meet people at different phases of our lives um and that was just what was true for me but some people maybe need to meet someone to get to that next level of being fully centered. Maybe that someone catapults them. You just, I think you just have to, you just have to get to know yourself and know that we never know exactly, but just be present to how you feel. Just be present to how you feel and and don't stress so much about meeting another person or meeting that one. Cause that's just, that's just to set you up for failure because your expectations are, are ridiculous. Like I wasn't expecting to meet the one I was expecting to have fun. And I happened to meet someone pretty awesome, but it took me five years to be prepared for him. But that's just my story. That might not be yours. Right. Yeah. I guess everyone's journey is definitely different. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool to hear your journey and yeah, be inspired by that to just really feel good with yourself and to just, yeah, enjoy life and then see what ends up happening, what experiences you attract just when you're in that really good state. 
Totally. And and that'll ebb and flow. Like I went through like the whole reason I'm doing this course right now and release your ex is from what I learned from the story I've been telling you so far. And then also, you know, my current partner of 10 years, uh, almost 10 years, um, I have been almost breaking up with him for a while because I've been really frustrated and, and I had to go through yet another huge transformation to either come back to the relationship or leave it. And so it's like, Oh my God, I have to go through this all over again. And I, I gave myself, we gave ourselves some time apart, just, uh, traveling wise. It just worked out that I was able to do that. And I had to come back to myself again and go through the journey to follow the feel good and, and see the pattern of my life of, you know, for me is about how I give up control to the dominant men in my life, whether it's a partner or like a coworker, which is what happened at the retreat center. And, and just really looking at that pattern and how I, I lost myself. And when I met him, I was the most centered. I was grounded. You know, I had my life back together. I was at this great job in this retreat center. I had a, an awesome cabin. I mean, it was a nice cabin. It wasn't like a, you know, it was a nice space. And, and all the way up until now, it's been almost 10 years where I had given up a lot of my sense of self in order to serve his needs, which is a pattern of, you know, it's my, my parents' relationship. So I had to like break through this again. <laughs> so, so we just always have these opportunities in our relationships and, and some of them have to complete themselves and some of them you get to rebirth. And so I'm rebirthing this one. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess, would you say that's something you just have to tap into your intuition to discover, like if you want to stay or if, like, is it worth working through or if you should leave? I feel like that is a, a challenging decision to make because you're right. Every relationship will, you know, have challenging times, but how do we know when to stick with it, when to work through it or when to leave? Yeah, that's a big one. Like, should I stay mm-hmm. or should I go? Yeah, I want to I want to actually do a whole class on that. Um, what I teach people and what I teach for myself is, okay, with my current boyfriend, Ken, you know, I was like, what am I supposed to do? But I was scared. I was scared because of the position I was in. I was scared that it's not right. You know, so, okay, so I'm in my ego because I'm scared and I, and I'm worried about how things are going to turn out. Okay. So that means I know I'm, I'm disempowered. I'm, I'm not coming from a powerful, intuitive, trusting in spirit state of being. If I, if I was fully aligned and in the feel good and empowered, I wouldn't worry about the outcome because I know it would be for both. It would be in our best interest, both of us. So it forced me to take time away and come back to myself instead of be external about it and figure out, well, now what am I going to do? What's going to happen to me? How am I going to have this conversation? Yada, 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 all the things that we stress about. I let go of all of that and I came back to myself and I had to look at my pattern and I had to re-empower myself and, and see like, well, I need to have stronger boundaries this is what I, and so I, I started with just finding my boundaries for myself and making those changes for myself without worrying about the relationship. 
I find when we're when we're in alignment and we're we're with spirit, you know, we're connected to our source. That's being in alignment because you feel empowered, you feel trusting, you don't worry about the outcome of the future. And I came back to myself and created these boundaries and that allowed me to not have fear over the outcome. It was like, you know what? If we end up parting ways, it's going to be fine because this is this is what spirit would have me do and the path will just it will be laid out. I won't have to worry about how it's all going to unfold. So, I just started with what I could do now to re-empower myself and come back to center and creating those boundaries and then I verbalized those boundaries to him and and he he's not much of a communicator but he definitely like he'll he hears it <laughs> at least I know he hears it and it shifted our relationship again and I still will know I always have to come back to empowering myself and then moving from that place forward and not worrying about the outcome I think when you're afraid Maybe just pause before you do anything because you're always going to be worried about if you made a mistake or not. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have broken up with them. Oh my God, I just like acted out of urgency. Um, take a step back and come back to yourself and, and let, let it be about you transitioning yourself into a place of my, these are the boundaries that I have in my life and in my relationships. And let me just start with that. And then see how the relationship changes. If if Ken wasn't able to like, you know, deal with my boundaries, then it wouldn't have worked because I was I was so empowered by the time we reconnected three weeks later. I mean, I I realized I was so not in the feel good. I had not been following the feel good. And and I'm someone who teaches that. You know, it's a slippery slope. But I felt so much better and so empowered and centered and aligned and I, and vibrant, like I had come back to life, you know, and even my friends told me I looked younger, I like I look more awake and alive. Once you you feel that it's not worth sacrificing that for a relationship or anything else, because nothing will ever compare to the feeling of being in alignment. So come back to that before you make decisions. And learn, learn how to find that before you make decisions. Yeah. And boundaries that's something I've definitely been working on over the past little while (laughs) I find I tend to be a people pleaser and it's it's really funny because I'll feel bad for setting certain strong boundaries but then you realize that if you do set these boundaries like you described you just feel so much more in alignment and vibrant and joyful and just full of life right so anyone you're setting the boundary with it'll probably positively impact them too, right? Like if you have that boundary and, you know, you're just bringing better energy to the relationship, I assume that things might flow better. Yeah, I mean, it depends on where your partner's at. So like for me, Ken, he's an empowered person. He he wants to see me in my element. You know, he really supports that. And so he is able to step up to that, like, because he sees it too, you know, it, it's no fun being in a relationship with someone who's disempowered. And I was fully disempowered. Um, and that's, it's boring. It's really boring to be that person. When you're empowered, you have creative energy and life force and, 
And to just state your boundaries and saying, oh, I need to do this for myself. Oh, it feels so good to do that. And it also gives permission to your partner to do the same for themselves. You know, that's being that's being in a, a relationship that I would call healthy. But some people aren't able to, you know, you're in the relationship for the wrong reason. So if someone, if someone becomes really empowered, like you might become really, really empowered all of a sudden and create these boundaries. But if your partner's not, like you've up-leveled. And if your partner, it, he could, he or she could either fear that or they can step up to and meet you there, you know, but the choice is the, the choice is theirs. So my, my big mantra is when you take care of you, everyone else benefits too. So it just sets things into alignment one way or another. It speeds up, like you kind of get back on track really quickly because it either shows you, oh, this relationship is going to work out and we're going to, you know, he's going to meet my level and we're going to really like, wow, now we're just a power team. Or it's going to fall apart because now we're no longer in sync together and you're not responsible for getting that other person mm-hmm. in sync. Yeah, I've actually heard that question a few times just from friends or clients. It's like, what if you start a sort of personal development journey and then your partner is just not interested at all? Like they're not not interested in that kind of work or mindset. I guess it, it's, again, it's always different, but I... Uh, I guess you just like come back to yourself to assess whether is this something that I should continue working on this relationship or is it time to part? Yeah, it's all relative. And I, and I think also we have to get out of the linear time frame of it all. And if we, we really just stay in our own lane, like in our center, if you maintain the goal of being in your true self, which takes constant work, then the relationship is going to, you're not going to have to actually do anything about whether you're going to break up or not. It will naturally evolve. And it won't be this like, oh my God, now I have to break up with this person. It will, it will just be like a natural shift that will be less painful because you'll be in your power. And sometimes, you know, that person, you may try to work it out with the other person. You'll probably like lower yourself you know, lower your vibe a little bit because you're scared because it's natural for like, sure. I left, like we had three weeks apart. I was so high vibing and then I see him again and then, okay, now, now the real work happens because my ego is going to creep back in. I'm going to start like trying to meet him where he needs to be met. And then I'm going to be like, oh no, wait, that doesn't, feel is high vibe. I want the high vibe. So I'm going to go back over to alignment and you're going to go back and forth for a while. But as long as you keep coming back to your, your true sense of self and make that priority, you don't have to worry about the outcome of things. It just happens naturally and it won't be so stressful and agonizing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We just have to trust more, just go with the flow. (laughs) Easier said than that. I know. (laughs) Oh, but just another point I wanted to talk about you mentioned that you don't believe in marriage I just wanted to hear your perspective on marriage yeah for sure I so I turn 46 next month um and I'm not married I've never been married I don't have kids I'm not having kids um and I just I mean I think there can be a lot of healthy marriages out there but I think we've forgotten the the whole American dream is is dead. Like those were all just commercialized ideas of getting more money from taxpayers. 
And I really want to challenge people to look at why they want to get married or get engaged. Why? Why do you need that? What does that do for you? How is that going to strengthen your relationship? For me, when I look at marriage, I think of it as a trap. You're making an agreement based on how you feel now. And that this moment, it, like it's gone already. You know, now you have this whole lifetime that you've made a commitment to someone. That is like a setup for a lot of, I mean, just why put yourself through that? We're going to change and we're going to evolve as partners and individuals. It, you know, with my current partner, Ken, I didn't, I wanted the, I was relieved at the idea of like, well, if we break up, you know, at least we're not married. And then you have to go through all this other drama of going through a divorce. And then it feels like a failure. And it just like, we put so much stuff on this idea of marriage. I think we take relationships way too seriously. You know, it's like (laughs) broccoli, you yeah. And food and things like you like them or you don't or like you really liked broccoli but this week you don't and so you're not going to eat it I mean I think we should be a lot a lot more relaxed about relationships oh my god like we were so great for five years but you know what not so great anymore let's just move on yeah, we yeah we seem to put a lot of pressure on ourselves about relationships and it's funny when you think about it too the concept of marriage is just something that humans created. Yeah. Well, the the government created it, you know, it's like, it's so easy to get married. And then how hard is it to get divorced? And what does it cost? So I think it's just important that especially in our day and age with, you know, we have so much information out there and all these new generations of people that are, I know, are less interested in marriage than before, but we're still very much attached to it. And I just suggest people ask themselves why, like, what will this marriage do for you? Because if it's filling a sense of security, that is a false sense of security. Like Ken and I are secure in our relationship. I don't need a piece of paper or a ring or a waste of money in a celebration. You can hear in the sound of my voice, like how grossed out I am by it. Um, but that's how I feel. And I, I, I think that like, I'm happy to represent that for people, even if it causes, even if it disrupts people who may be listening to this or in the future people who hear it, because I know it's, it goes against, it goes against it. Like I have, most of my friends are married. I'm in my forties. I'm not, I'm not saying they're, they're stupid for being married. I'm, I'm happy with the decisions that people make. I just think now ask yourself why why do you want to get married? Because there's, it's a lot more than just the the glamorized idea of it. That's not marriage. Yeah. And if anything, it can show even more confidence in your relationship, not having to get married. It's like, totally. I don't need this paper. Totally. I just, I know that we are good together. And then if the relationship dissolves, that's fine too. You know what I mean? It's not being attached to the outcome of forever like that, that is just, that is so backwards and upside down. And I really, really invite people to That's look true. at yeah, that. Yeah, it helps you stay present, right? Mm-hmm, totally. And work on the relationship instead of working right. on the marriage. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> 
Um, oh, and it's cool too how you, uh, yeah, you said you don't plan on having kids. I really like how you're just so confident in saying that. It's like, it's funny how it seems like this is just a plan that I don't even know who has set out for everyone in society. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to have kids if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, yeah, that's another thing I'm fully invite now disrupting disrupting the status quo on the whole kid thing I mean I'm in my 40s now I got fixed a few years ago um yeah I got my tubes tied or whatever it's called and I'm I mean we're so overpopulated we don't need more kids uh also it's really hard to you know I I'm I'm big into developing my myself and creating a community and so for me I feel like (laughs) a mama a mama to, to my community. Like I'm an auntie, you know, if my, when my friends, kids, I'm not really into babies, but when they're older and they can like, we can carry a conversation. That's cool. I like that. I'll be a good auntie, but I don't want to spend my time um, being a chauffeur. I hate driving and running errands, you know, just like really looking at what it means to be a mom. People just glamorize this, this idea of having a <laughs> yeah. mini me and making babies. You're like, no, this is now your entire life. You know, I think the child naturally becomes a priority. And that's great for a lot of people. A lot of people should totally be parents. Absolutely. But again, ask yourself why you want right. to have a baby. Yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, ask yourself. Yeah, that. taking time yeah. to actually connect with yourself and make decisions intuitively. Yeah. And know what you want from life. Like, it's a practical decision for me. I like traveling. I'm I feel like I'm just exploring my sense of self and who I am and who I want to become. I mean, I still feel 23 in that in that regard. And yes, people like learn about themselves through being a mother, but I just don't want that experience personally. I don't need that. And also, you share so much with um yeah, you're talking about your community, I guess in person, but just online as well too. It's like you you're sharing so much of your experience and not saying like your mom to everyone <laughs> but you know what I mean it's like you I feel like often parents love to teach their children things like share lessons help their children grow and learn but yeah I was just thinking how it's so cool how you're basically like sharing tons of life wisdom through the work that you do online thank you yeah, it's nice to just like, I mean, because people, you know, they like to play the old, oh, you'd be such a good mom. And there's, there's so much you can teach and whatever. And yeah, that's all true. But there's lots of ways to share your wisdom and pass it down. So this is just my way of doing it in a way that supports my well being and what I know I need in order to thrive in during the day, every yeah, day, yeah, and sleep. <laughs> definitely um yeah so I love the book and so you're creating a course now that's super exciting do you have any idea of the timeline when it can be expected yeah I don't know when you're launching this podcast but I'm I'm doing a beta program and I'm launching that October 1st but if people are interested you know I'll be doing it again for sure Uh, like this is just the first one and then I'll just be doing it a bunch of times over and over. And yeah, so that's going to evolve. So people don't have to worry about missing out. They can just find me on Instagram or um, go to surfergirlskickass.com 
and just follow me or, or get on my newsletter in that way. You know, or just like Facebook message me and say, hey, I want to learn more. Do you have any other last words of wisdom you'd want to share? <laughs> um, yeah, my, you know, I love to use, I love to use poems and phrases. And so I'll leave you with this um, just little poetic phrase I have, which is nothing is wrong and everything's right. So get out of your head and come back to I the light. That. That's so beautiful. Nothing is wrong and everything's right. So get out of your head and come back to the light. And that's just that reminder that whenever you're, you're feeling down and out on yourself, remember that like that's just your thought in the moment and those thoughts aren't real and if you if you really just come back to the light like I have shivers when I just say that because it just opens your mind opens your mind to possibilities so give yourself permission to come out of the darkness and into the light yeah it's it's just such a good reminder to get back into alignment when you feel those moments of resistance or you're so in your head I'm definitely going to write that down And yeah, I'll definitely share a link to your website, your social media, so people can reach out to you. And I'm super excited for your course and all the awesome content that you'll put out in the future. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to talk to you in our serendipitous (laughs) meeting. (laughs) So my fellow Toronto Canadian. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so grateful that we connected. It's been really cool to learn so much from you. And I'm so glad that I got to have this conversation with you today. Super excited to share it. Yeah, it was really great. It was a great reminder for me too. So it (laughs) gives me all the feels. I hope it gives your listeners the feels too. (laughs) Thanks. That was my conversation with Tiffany. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and learned a lot about relationships and living intuitively. I've left a link to Tiff's social media pages so you can connect with her and be sure to check out the links to her website, her book, Surfer Girls Kick Ass, and her one-on-one coaching page as well. We spoke a bit about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in this episode, also called IIN, So I've left a link to a free IIN sample class. If you have any questions about IIN or are looking for a personal health coach to help you step into that absolute best version of you, please feel free to reach out to me. You'll find my email and my Instagram link in the show notes as well. And thank you so, so much for listening.